Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello, here I am. Welcome to the show. It's the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I'm Nikki Glazer. It is Thursday. I am in St. Louis with Andrew. And I have both dogs on my lap. Andrew has both our little stuffed animals on his lap so that he doesn't feel alone. That is funny that they, the hedgehog and the llama are Luigi and Marion. Okay, well, Marion is going over underneath the table now. Well, die. I would say that I Isn't look- that what animals do to go die? Why are you underneath the table? She's getting <laughs> shade in our room. She's so hot. I just took her for um, a walk, and she just lays, like, we went into the Starbucks, she just lays flat on the ground to get that cool ground. Yeah. She's so she's so overheated. It's so goddamn hot outside. Think about how many fucking times she has to step, too, just to get there. I know. She has so many more steps. It's like a centipede. Yeah, but you're right. You're a little centipede, aren't you? And I pick her up because she gets so lazy on walks. She's so fat right now. What is she doing? Look at she's going even deeper underneath the table. What's she doesn't under want to be on camera. I don't know. There's something about here, when Mary. dogs want to die, they like go away. Yeah. Come here, and they Mary. go. Oh, her wet tail is wagging. Come she's here. not dying. No, no, Come no. Here. She doesn't jump up. She has. Oh. Don't, don't don't. You always got to pick her up. Sorry. 
I saw uh, I saw some video of like this dog was gonna was too old to die, or not too. That old sounds to like die. a James Bond. Yeah, that actually is a pretty cool line. Uh, James Bond too old. Too to old die. to die. <laughs> <laughs> is Sean Connery dead? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is he? Welcome to the Rock. I think he is. I think he died of. I'm gonna say four years ago, five years ago. I found out Don McLean was still alive today. Really? Oh yeah, he sent Taylor some flowers still because alive. she. Sean John Connery? Connery? Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. He died at age <laughs> ninety, October twentieth. False alarm. October twentieth. What? What year? Twenty twenty. Oh, mm. so he wasn't too so old. So four to years die. ago, in how, what it's felt like. So the um, dog yeah. just walked off into the woods and goes, "I'm too old." gonna die i know i'm gonna die I'm, that's what animals I'm out. do that's crazy luigi thought luigi was really really sick when i first got him once and he just disappeared they don't want to like burden you and they want to be alone and that's when your animals go off and do something weird and they're like hiding under tables or something they're hiding so that i don't know there's probably like they don't want to be bothered when they die they want their like I don't know what it is, but he went up. He would not come out from under the stairs because he's just going down there to die. And it was so sad when we looked up, like, what's going on with that. And they're like, no, that's what they do before they die. And I was like, oh, Luigi was dying. Oh, my God. So yeah, sad. you were a baby boy. He was so sick. It's He was so cute when he was sick. I wanted to, like, make him sick. Like, I'm a little embarrassed that I'm dying. Sick. I'm just kidding. Yeah, they're, like, ashamed. I, I always be. felt that's that why. way about a subway. If I die on the subway, I would feel terrible. Mm. Didn't you say that, too? Why? Just... Well, I don't know. I think my last like oh, would be embarrassing. We were talking about like getting cremated and stuff, and oh, I yeah. was like, I would literally donate my body to necrophilics because I don't care. Yeah. Or vol- or lay it out in the like. I'm sure you have some listeners right now that are like, "Please die tomorrow." <laughs> they, I mean, th- those people just want me dead. They don't want to fuck my dead body. I mean, that's just YouTube commenters. Um, <laughs> Uh, what I wanted to say though, I read on read on Reddit that um, right, Reddit. a lot of people. This woman goes, "It was the saddest story." I'm gear up, trigger warning for sad dog thing. She was like, "My dog recently died, and uh, you know, not not bef- like they weren't even that old or anything, but they were just having issues where they were like peeing in the house, shitting in the house, and like she was like, I didn't know that that was a sign of like ill like." Yeah, severe illness that my dog was like shutting body shut was shutting down. I just thought the dog was being bad, and so like I feel so bad reflecting on how I was like yelling at my dog the weeks leading up to its like diagnosis because I just Oof. thought he was being like a bad dog, and I was like yelling at him because he but he couldn't control it, and it's like so if your pet is doing things that is like abnormal, don't yell at them. Last night I got up to go to the bathroom. I walked. I always walk Mary and Luigi right before I go to bed. So like sometimes eleven thirty at night. Just for their last pee, because the idea of them holding in pee throughout the night like makes me so sad. So they both went pee, and then in the middle of the, this morning at 5 a.m., I went to my bathroom, and I'm like, God, Chris's shower last night is still, he got water everywhere. Marion pee, everywhere. Mm. A lot, too. And I was like, Marion! That's what I do when she pees. Even it's amazing I how much piss a little dog oh like this. Oh, my God. Well, they were playing so hard last night that they were drinking a lot. They ah. were playing so, it was so freaking cute. They were like They really do lift each other's spirits. Yeah, they do. You know what lifts their spirits is I don't know what this is. If there's any vets listening, why is Luigi such a bummer when I'm home alone with him? Like he's always looks sad. He always is looking at me 
disappointed. He's never wanting to play with me. He gets excited when I first come home after a while. But then it's just like, as soon as that is over, he just goes to the couch and he looks at me like, like he's almost like ashamed or sad. And like, I go, what's going on? And he, and he gets, he like leans away from me because he's just so sad. And the second Chris or you or any friend comes over that he knows, he starts playing again. Like not with us, but just like he gets active and starts like going to chew on a bone in the corner. Like maybe he gets more attention from you when he acts sad. No, there's no attention. Like there's no. He's not getting attention when a friend comes over. It's like uh, it's 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 not because he's getting attention from both of us. Like I will just have a friend over. We will be sitting on the couch talking, and Luigi suddenly will be happy across the room chewing on a bone. Like la la la. Like why why can't he be like that when we're alone? Think about yourself when you're with your mom. You're not like, uh, yeah, wow, just alone with her. You just sit in silence, and then cool uncle shows up. You're going to get more excited. That's no, the same kind of concept. I don't get what you're saying. I I, I would have just been happy like hanging with my mom. I didn't like when uncle showed up. Or I don't want my mom's friend to show up. I want more attention because now my mom's giving attention to this person. Yeah, maybe. So it it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe he just like He just likes having all the people he loves together in one place. It's almost like... When Chris isn't here or you're not here, he's worrying about you. But then when he's got you both here, two people who he knows he loves, he's just happy to have you. And so every time Chris is over, he's like, they are so cute. And I'm like, they are never like this when I'm alone. Luigi is a different animal when I'm with him. And then when someone else is around, he is just so, um, he's just happy. He's chewing on bones. He won't touch a goddamn toy to save his life when I'm alone with him. He has bones everywhere. Fresh treat. Mm-hmm. I will give him treats. I'll give him pieces of like a, a fucking pigeon I just killed. Maybe you're trying too hard. No, but the <laughs> second a, so, someone comes over and I'm like, hey, and yeah, we're just talking no, on the I couch, not even paying attention to him, he goes and he picks up that bone and then he's like, nom, 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 and he just <laughs> chews in the corner by himself. It's so I mean, weird. Okay, here, Here's my theory. My theory is when you're home alone with him, he feels like, okay, I just have my mom here. I'm doing my job to hold my post. And then when someone else comes, he feels free, especially if it's someone that he trusts. Okay, well, this person is taking care of my mom. I'm going to go do my little thing in the corner. I like that. My only thing that, because I do think that in some ways that's true. He is so not aware of me when I'm home. It's not, it's not like he's like worried about me. He's, he's mad. It looks like he's mad at me constantly. I'll look at him. calm. And then I look over at him and he'll just look back away and I'll go, do you want some kisses and hugs? And he'll he'll move away from me, like, get away. He like hates it. When we yeah. do the podcast, he fucking loves it. He loves, this is his comfort zone, is two people he knows <laughs> talking to another person on Zoom. No, <laughs> two people he knows having fun. Like yeah. he just feels secure when when there's family together. I think I relate to that of like when everyone's taken care of. You're Maybe you're right, Noah, like, I know that these people are taken care of, so I don't have to try anymore. Well, I mean, when he gets to your parents' house, he perks up like a motherfucker, gets real excited. Mm. It, it's that's that I'm not confused about because that equals just like a new environment. Home. Oh, I guess people home. I haven't seen in yeah. a while. The initial like Chris comes over, he's like all over Chris. I get all that. It's after Chris and I are just yeah. established. Hours later, he's chewing on bones. He's so happy. It has nothing to do with us. It's it's not like he's playing with us. It's Man- so weird. Mango does something similar. Like we'll hang out in the house, you know. And then when Brenna comes, it's like a different cat. Yeah. It's like who the fuck is this guy? This guy's a good time. Have you been? Um, how's how's it been being home from the road? We have the weekend off. You're going to a wedding coming up. Um, yeah, I'm excited. What's, what's I'm ex- been the scoop this week? We we don't talk outside of the podcast. How's life been? 
Oh. We save it all I for mean, the pod. Listen, if if you're if that makes anyone sad out there, don't. How often do you talk to your best friend? We talk to each other for an hour a day. That's also, a really we're long time. together all yeah. weekend. Like we yes, talk yes. plenty. We, yes, we yes. we probably talk more than any two people on earth, almost. You know. So anyhow, um, it's good. Like things are good. Like I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm happy. Freaking I. I like being home. I like having a schedule now for some reason. My, yeah. I'm getting older. I like, I, I could see routine. myself as a morning person. Oh, yeah. This morning I worked out at 7, M- at oh, 7 a.m. I went to a class. 7 yeah. a.m. Yeah. And I loved it. Then I had all morning. I was just doing like little things that I mm-hmm. necessarily wouldn't do. They don't fucking, I don't overthink it. I just Be- get shit done. I love when I wake up early in the morning oh. and you get something done. And then you have you've accomplished so much by eleven. Like you're just like I'm. My day is done, and now there's no burden of like I gotta get that thing done. It takes me a while though to get back into that. Like I'm, I'm supposed to be writing my book proposal Dude, again this road, week, and I'm like I can't. I I, I I did a show on Sunday night. Monday I have to do a podcast, and I have to yes. do all this. Interview. I didn't have a day off. I know I don't have days off, and so I said it last week. But I mean I. I can't get. I was supposed to start my book proposal this week again and start working on it. I cannot do it. I've been sleeping. I've been pushing the podcast till eleven thirty because I'm like, I I need to stay in bed. Like I just can't get up. And it's um, but when I'm when I am home long enough where I can get in that routine, God, it feels good. It takes me like three or four days to get back in that kind of routine. Oh, I've been running again, and it's awesome. I really like feel like if we if we didn't go on the road, I would be a, I'd be like a 6 a.m. person for me it's not the road on the weekend it's the um it's the weekdays being filled with bullshit like the press stuff has been killing me like i feel like monday to to thursday friday sunday to thursday or monday to friday that's a good enough chunk where i'm like okay i can always count on that to do the same thing like weekends i can be traveling and it's like a weekend you know if i have monday to friday where i'm just doing a one podcast a day and maybe one other, or working on my book proposal, that leaves me enough space to create, to to do stuff. It's just like, I just can't get a break. It's just constant. Mm-hmm. I had to have a, a phone call with a woman after this uh, about, I signed up to do this thing that I thought would be really fun because I thought I would have time to do it. And it's like, I don't have any time. I had to learn a TikTok dance oh, this yeah. NBC show that I have to film myself doing. I thought I could film myself on the phone. They just sent an entire camera case that I have to set up and learn this TikTok dance. I haven't learned the dance yet. I invited my sister over because I was like, oh, it'd be fun for us both. We're ba- both bad at dancing, but we like to learn dances, to learn it. And I love, I don't care about being a bad dancer on TV anymore. So I gladly was like, oh, I'll do this. They're not paying me that much, but I'm like, I got, now I got to learn this dance. I thought it was going to be like three weeks from now. And they're like, no, we need it by Friday, 8 a.m. So I, it's Wednesday oh. right now, by the way, we're filming this. I have to learn a dance in two days. That is not that easy. And you got to learn how to set up a camera. <laughs> Yeah, like I love that they're making you the director. They're like, hold the boom. Can you hold the boom? And can you get yourself? It's better than flying to LA. As soon as they go, you can do this remotely. I was like, yeah. And they said shoot it in high def, and I'm like, oh, that means on your phone. I think they changed their mind after the initial pitch, and now they're like, but I did get. I'm not giving back the suitcase they just sent me. They sent me a suitcase, and it's a gorgeous (laughs) suitcase. So I'm like, I'm keeping that. It's probably like a Target one, but it's still fucking nice. Three months are gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna need that back, man. But I've loved. Getting back in um, a routine. Yeah, I've been yeah. running again. I, and you know what? Where did you run me, in the park? Yeah, I just do the same route every day. I probably got to switch it up because I'm going to get murdered. But um, I've been bringing my tiger lady <laughs> with me when it has, it's my de- self defense tool. So d- 
come at me. You're gonna get scratched pretty hard. Just warning you, it's gonna be pretty annoying. You can still rape me, but you're gonna your your back's gonna get scratched up. You're gonna yeah. look like you were fucking me first. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna look like I liked it at first. Um, I uh, yeah, but it's been fucking hot here. I mean, we we left on Friday last Friday. It's forty degrees. It was forty degrees. Yeah. We came back on Sunday. Um, forecast for Monday ninety four degrees. So. I've been running in, I love running in extreme heat. I love it. There's something about, it's like, because I don't run for like burning calories anymore. I run for like the cleanse of it. Like my soul and like just sweating a lot and like feeling like, oh, like I love the feeling that I get on a run. Four miles is perfect for me because the first mile I'm like, okay, this is easy. One mile. And then the second mile I'm like, oh, it's a little bit harder third mile i want to fucking die and i want to give up but i keep going because i i like the feeling of uh, louis ck used to say he'd run five miles a day because there's always a part in five miles where he wanted to give up and you have to persevere past everything in your body saying please stop which there's a point where if you're having an injury do please stop it's like but writing it's a like, movie in like those middle pages that are like you just got to get through them to get to writing a movie yeah middle pages like if you write a movie, it's like 120 oh, right. pages. I thought you said watching a movie. I'm like, wait. Yeah, what's... the middle. Reading a movie, you yeah. know, subtitles, you call them pages. Um, but yeah. anyhow, but yeah. Like so the middle you're... is the hard part. But man, when that voice on my app goes one mile yeah. left, like it's perfect. There's something about things in quadrants for me, four pieces. First piece is like easy. Second piece, a little hard. Third piece, I want to die. If there was two more pieces, if it was fifths, it would be a little bit more insurmountable. There's something about the last fourth that is so easy because it's almost done. And I just, it feels like a, it's, I, it takes me 50, 40, 36 to 50 minutes to do this, depending on how fast I'm going. And lately, because I just don't care about the time, I'm not trying to like beat a time. And I'm just trying to like kind of just listen to a podcast, mm -hmm. like go, go through my thoughts. I've been running like, 10 50 miles like i mean i used to be at 7 30 and now i'm like no this is just about shuffling along and it's just so it's so nice and you instantly feel better my mind is so much clearer i feel healthy like i don't there's no part of me anymore that goes oh now i can eat a lot tonight or like oh good i'm not gonna be there's no it used to always be motivated by I don't want to be fat or like now I can eat or now I deserve something on the other side of this. And it, instead now it's just like a treat that I get to go run. I'm like excited. That's, that's how I feel about that class. You know, it's interesting. Like it's, it's F 45 it's called. And I've talked about how it's like a little culty. Like today was David Beckham day. Like it's his workout. He comes up on the screen. Oh, so he's getting paid millions of dollars. Yeah. It's so funny too. He's like stands on his, on his good side. The whole yeah. time he's, he's he's not stupid. He's, he's like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> like, it's just his left side of his. It's very Mariah Carey. Ariana Grande too. And when um, I worked with her. But it, the F stands for functional. Mm -hmm. And sure obviously, does. I joke that I can't get on the floor and stuff like that. And I've only been doing this two weeks, but a lot of it's movement that you just don't do when you get older. You just you just work out. You either run or you you lift like yeah. this. Mm -hmm. This is like shit you would do like if you were training for soccer back in the i mean hence david but like like today there were like uh box jumps and this box was like so four high. feet i'm like i'm not getting like i don't know in my mind as a 42 year old man i go 
If you asked me literally two weeks ago, could you get up on the? I go, nah, I can't. And literally in You're two D42, weeks, forty two, dysfunctional forty two. Yeah, yeah, D forty two, diabetes forty two. <laughs> I'm fucking jumping on this box and shit. And I'm like, it's like blowing my mind how quick you can ch- change your brain it's and how so you think mental. and your body to fucking to be like, no, age is. I know it sounds. It's just enough. You can literally still move your body. Like really well, if you could just get over the hump in two weeks, you yeah. Can and the hump do is it. a stack of boxes, David Beckham, that are sponsored they, by David Beckham. His left side. No, it's it, that's a good point. I, and I, I always reference this, so I'm sorry I've said this a million times on the podcast, but it just boggles my fucking mind. The story that I heard on Radio Lab, that podcast about a woman who was an ultra marathon runner. Yes. That used to run marathons and half marathons, and she was always get like you know she was just casually a marathon runner, not good at all. Her brain, she had a brain injury, where a part of her brain that uh, short-term memory is she has no short-term memory anymore so her, her brain is constantly restarting she can remember things long term like oh uh, you know where she went to high school friends from but like anything short term it's not it's com- constantly restarting and she could suddenly overnight do these 150 mile races when she was really just a you know a 5k or it was like a 10k yeah. like she wasn't doing anything like any anywhere close to this all that changed for her was that she was looking at these races. It was she was constantly starting over on these races. So if you constantly look at your life as instead of going this bike right I have to do is 20 miles, if you just take it one mile at a time and start over, you can do more than you've ever thought you could do. And I think that that's something that I, you know, even for this book, as soon as my the woman helping me was like, "Let's not look at this as like a 40-page proposal." Let's take it one page at a time, mm-hmm. one little thing. There's always tiny steps you can do. And I think that that's, that's that, just, it's so mental because the way we look at these things, we go, I can't, like I was talking about two days ago about the, whatever you're dealing with, binge eating, uh, smoking cigarettes, drinking, this idea of like, it's hard. This is going to be, this recovery yeah. is so hard. Quitting drinking so hard. If you keep telling yourself that, it's you're not gonna you're you're giving yourself excuses not to to give to to give up along the way. If you treat it like, well, actually, I just have to be sober this next minute. Then this next minute. Then it's, I always tell people that are like, you know, in my eating disorder recovery, that are like, I'm never gonna get to binge again. That's the only thing I ever want to do. I'm not saying that. You just don't binge for the next five minutes, and then start over and say, yeah. you could you can binge in five minutes. See how it feels after five minutes not doing it. Let's go to break and see if you can make it through this commercial break without binging. (laughs) Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the weather is getting a lot warmer, and so your wardrobe probably needs an update. I know mine does, and it's so hard when you want to buy new stuff because you want it to last a long time, you want it to look really good, and you want it to like stand the test of time in terms of like fashion. At least that's what I want. And so that's why I love Quince, because Quince is all about effortless fashion that looks chic and timeless year-round. 
I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. Washable silk top. They have so many chic jewelry pieces like these globe boho hoops. I love those. You could just blindly click and end up with such wardrobe essentials. They're not wasting your time at Quince. I love the Quince um, dress I got. I'm trying to find it because I want to say the exact name of it, but it's like this long sleeve dress, but it's like a midi skirt. It's so cute. It's like silky feeling. It's just, I've told you about it before. Okay, there's so much cute stuff on here. I got to go and get back to the podcast, but you know what to do. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Nikki for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E, Quince.com slash Nikki to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Nikki. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We're back. I know this is turning into like an eating disorder help podcast, but I feel like as I've been listening to podcasts that have helped me Mm -hmm. overcome stuff, if I have a message of recovery that can 
get through with a comedy like self-care kind of the the conversational podcast we have why not put that in there because you know we can have it you can have it all you i don't i'm doing this recovery talk tonight which is last night it happened on facebook it's uh if you want to check it out it's the addiction center oh fuck it's a uh, american addiction centers facebook page i did a facebook live about my recovery journey in quotations because to me i just i you know once i got sober from alcohol i went to pot and then once the pot was taken away i went to bulimia and then i went from bulimia i went to been starving myself like i'm always and then once i was starving my couldn't starve myself anymore i went back to pot like i'm always replacing it and even now i'm like microdosing a little bit and like there's always a i'm i'm replacing so i'm a little bit reluctant to be like i'm recovered and i can't wait to share my steps with you but I, I do feel um, I'm very uh, grateful that I get to like talk about it. And it, I know it does help people because first of all, it's not fucking perfect. And I and I had posted about it and Rachel Feinstein wrote to me. I was like, it's so good that you're doing this. And I'm like, I feel like a fraud because I'm like, I just took like a microdose of mushrooms, which I don't feel, mm-hmm. but I do like it. I know it helps me. There's something. It's not like I'm like getting fucked up or I'm like, whoa, the sun. It's like so subtle that I don't feel it, but I'm still reaching to something that is not me to like help me and i'm on antidepressants actually i'm not anymore but i'm on like i i take things to make me feel better sometimes i do a kombucha because i'm like i just want to feel something different caffeine i'm fucking addicted to but i feel like as i always tell people that are dealing with addiction stuff is like there's always going to be something you supplement it with whether it's crying whether it's like feeling your feelings like all these uncomfortable things but if it's the less of the if it's lesser bad to yourself, for me, smoking pot is less evil than drinking for me. Some yeah. people might be the other way around. Uh, to me, bulimia for a while was l- less bad than drinking. Then that got too bad because I was getting mouth sores and like uh, my sore throat was sore and I was tired of cleaning toilets. Okay, so then now I'm going to switch to this other thing. Like I'm always, and that's, that's okay. Well, the addiction is switching. Like that's an addiction in itself of I don't think that you don't that think? is. No, I think that. What do you think that is? Well, I I know that I'm dealing with feel, uh, feelings of discomfort when I want to reach for the food, when I want to reach for the pot. I just having an uncomfortable feeling, and I want to feel something else. Even if I reach for music to go, like, um, I just don't want to think right now. I want to put on music. Like, it's something to kill the thoughts that I'm having because I'm uncomfortable with them, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to have. It's okay to have addictions. You're not a bad. It's there's nothing wrong with you. It's like. We're constantly seeking other things to distract us. It's, you know, I always say, though, if you're being like, oh, I can't believe I smoke pot. I can't believe I drink so much. I got wasted last night. Let's just say if you didn't get wasted, you might have beat your children. You might have kicked your dog. You might have cut yourself. These things are might be worse than what you did. So maybe you were doing the best thing you could do. And that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Does any of this resonate with you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the idea of, having i guess you could call them healthy addictions although you know any healthy addiction can become unhealthy depending on how when your you life becomes unmanageable it. yeah but you know um this class helps me tremendously in the sense of it gives me structure yes. which then i could apply to my life and like i just feel like it's the first time i took a, a workout class because i've done crossfit i've done like other kind of things where it starts out like, oh, I'm into this. And then they go, you could do a little bit more weight than that. 
You could do more. And yeah, then it becomes injured. like man uh, man upping kind of shit again. Yeah. And it's like, or come on, motherfucker. Your stats are on the board. Yeah. Or you're getting, yes. Now, now F45, Does this feel like that? D- no, it doesn't. But they do have stat stuff, but it's like for your own heart rate. Like mm. like what you are percentage wise. And there's a little bit of like, come on, you could do you could do more in regards, but it's not like meatheaded. Like I've been around like a lot of meatheads. Remember when you fell like, off the treadmill because you were trying to run fast in front of Brenna? Does it feel like was that feeling that you got before you started sprinting that time where you got injured? Do you feel that ever now? No, I don't. That's good. I don't. Even though I did jump as high as I could, but like the idea, like no, it doesn't feel like there was whatever. That, it was about getting past a fear in that way instead of trying to prove something to someone. Like now you were overcoming I'm just, a fear of like I can't jump this as opposed to like if I jump this then everyone will like me. Yeah, yeah, it was I, it was Is honestly it? it was it's just like a way to like push yourself without that like fucking like you could do you could do more weight and then that's how you get hurt. Number mm. 1, that's how like like the I like you don't do good form then you're not doing it correctly like there's so many reasons so like this is good because it pushes you without that like extra like just there's just something about like it sounds like what i'm trying that it's it's motivated of like no you can do this this isn't about like prove it you fucking pussy it's like what's stopping you from thinking that looks like a crazy amount but we know you can do it and it's not gonna hurt you like yes trust that this is okay and that you are capable of this it's conquering a fear as opposed to uh trying to be better than trying to prove yourself when we conquer fears i feel like even me signing up for this dance thing when i they asked me to do it I'm having flashbacks of Dancing with the Stars. I'm having flashbacks of getting trashed on that fucking podcast about my Bob Saget song. Like, I'm having all these fears yes. of, like, if people see me do this dance, which once I saw the dance, I'm like, well, this is not as cool as the <laughs> uh, Lizzo, like, in a minute, I'm Anita, send a sentimental, that, man or woman. That's a really cool dance where she's like, this one is like, I feel the earth and the moon and the stars in the sky, and I'm doing things like this, and it's jazzy, and I try. And it's like a little bit embarrassing, but I was like, Honestly, if I learn this dance, I will feel so good about myself. And I am scared of this. So I'm saying yes to it because everything in me is going, don't do this. But I learned the hard way when I did the first pitch that that also scared me. And again, like Dancing with the Stars, I did it. It did not go the way I wanted to. I was humiliated no matter how much people say it wasn't that bad. I personally was deeply humiliated by it. And I was talking about it in therapy with Chris yesterday because that was a day that Oh my God, I was so fucked up that day. So that day I was, you know, I did two days of press in New York or three days in a row that just broke me. I mean, I told you guys both, like I, if I do the podcast today, I'll start crying because I'm just so tired. I can't even, I can't do it. And, um, and I've only been that much exhausted from work in the past one time when I went to the comedy cellar in 2013 and I was trying to do stand up and Nikki and Sarah live and write all day. And one day I showed up the cellar to do a set and I was just like, I I can't. Like, I didn't even know what was happening to me. It was truly like Lindsay Lohan hospitalized for exhaustion. So on the heels of that New York trip, I fly right home on Friday. After Thursday night, I'm on Watch What Happens Live. I go out with Kieran and Shipka and those friends. I have like a good night, but it's still like a late night. I pack. My flight is at fucking five in the, I get up, picked up at five in the morning from the hotel. I land. I have a, you know have to do the podcast have an hour sleep and then go to this cardinals day game which i'm embarrassed by aka like the way noah is when she has a party thrown for any kind of attention that she didn't feel like she earned like 
is that right, Noah? Like having your birthday party, bar mitzvah, yeah, that bar kind of bar thing. Mitzvah. Like yeah. at a wedding, you're just like, what am I? I didn't like get a degree. There's, I just got someone to love me. Like I don't need all the attention. Yeah, I just don't like the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, I related to you on on that Nikki Glaser day, but I couldn't say that because it was such a gift that was being given to me and people mm-hmm. worked so hard and it was for me to be anything like, I don't want to do this. Like this is embarrassing would be really hurtful to the people that put so much effort into this. And prior to, I'm trying to make this quick, prior to me doing the Cardinals g- g- game and it, this whole Nikki Glaser day came to be, I sent the email to Chris, my boyfriend, because he loves the Cardinals and was like, hey, um, what do you think of the schedule, all the press interviews, all the things I'm doing at the Cardinals game? And he was like, you know, it'd be cool maybe to throw out t-shirts with Fred Bird or whatever. And I think I've talked about this before, but I really examined what happened that day. And I was like, oh my God, I would love that. The girls are hot. You get to wear short little shorts. You get to like be on the dugout and like throw t-shirts and be like, wow. And like, it's kind of like being a Hooters girl, but like in a tasteful way with Fred Bird. I was like, oh my God, that would be so fun. When I, and I really was gung ho about it. And then Chris was like, okay. And that was his suggestion. And I said yes to it. And I was meaningful of it. I followed up with him being like, oh yeah, make sure that, because he's talking to people. He's like, I'm getting involved. I was like, make sure you do the t-shirt thing. So again, I'm like, do the t-shirt thing. Again, I'm thinking in my head, that was his idea, but I'm into it. And then the day I throw the pitch, it doesn't go well. I can't, I can't cry about it because I, then I see, seem like an ingrate. I don't want to be, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I just want to like get through it. And then I have to go do this, you know, slingshot these t-shirts with these hot girls. I'm feeling fucking big. It was on the big screen too. And I saw like myself in my outfit. I did not look small. I looked old compared to these girls. Like I just, all the shame of that pitch started going to my looks and my athletic prowess and like who do you think you are people at this game think you're a joke no one cares about nikki glazer everyone's like embarrassed that you're even doing this they're probably like ew what is nikki glazer day like stop and so i'm waiting in the wings before going out to do the t-shirt and i am in no mood to do this and i'm trying to keep it together but i'm kind of project i'm so mad that i can't accept that i have done this to myself i agreed (laughs) to this i was the one that was like yes chris i want to do that idea you had I can't accept that because if I do, then I start going like, I have to, I'm so embarrassed about the pitch. I have to blame someone for it. It cannot be my fault. It has to be, they didn't let me practice. They wanted me to do this and I, I was coerced into it. I don't even want to do this, this fucking like, cause then they're going, the slingshot thing is a lot harder than it looks. And I'm like, oh great. A fucking another thing that I'm, I'm like, I don't even want you to tell me how to do it. So I have an excuse for when I do it poorly. I can blame you for not telling it to me. And so I, start kind of getting an attitude towards Chris who's with me because he's you know you tr- the people you love the most you like take it out on them because you know they're going to be there for you regardless and they love you so you start being a brat to them and so I'm just like I don't even want to do this like I like you know when I get in, I'm kind of alone with Chris and one other guy then I'm like he won't tell anyone I'm being a little ingrate and I'm just like yeah I'm, uh, I guess I'm ready yeah it's raining outside cool yeah I look, look old, like I was just being a brat, like I'm gonna fuck it up and just look stupid again. I'm trying, I'm like letting it out. And he's kind of like, Why, are you mad at me? Cause you're doing this? Like, and in my head, I'm like, yeah, it was your fucking idea. You added this to my day and, and you don't know how tired I am and you're not looking out for me. And I'm like, and later on that came up as like, I felt really weird that day. It felt like you were like making it, like I forced you to do this thing. And like, and I go, yeah. I did make it that way. Like when I re-examined it, I go, my God, mm-hmm. you got me in the, I was being the biggest brat. You got me in my, ba- uh, I was being a baby because I was tired. So I had no way to be like strong emotionally. I was embarrassed, which makes me 
like you you know you trip over something on the sidewalk and you go who the fuck because you're so embarrassed when you get yeah. embarrassed who put that crack there yeah you get you you either get angry or you get like oh i meant to do that you get cut or you get angry or you play a victim protected. like this wasn't my decision at all yes and yeah. so that's what i did i was like and so i explained to him last night i was like I, you're so right, I was blaming you for that because I couldn't blame myself because I was already so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I had to give the blame to someone. And he goes, but I just suggested it. You you were the one that was like, I want to do it. And you were enthusiastic. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's fucking, I was like, because he goes, it was interesting because he said, I, like sometimes, we say things to each other that we just go, that felt really good to hear. Like I needed to hear that. I didn't know I needed to hear that. I told him once that, you know, I, cause I meet a lot of hot guys and guys that on paper seem like really like amazing and maybe from afar, like they're like celebrities that I've maybe like drooled over or like, I like their character. And then I meet them and I'm just like, I give them a lot more than they deserve. Cause I don't know them. I projected a lot onto them. They're hot, whatever. And there was something about Chris and going to therapy with me and like really working on himself and being emotionally vulnerable that I was like, I told him one day, I was like, every time I see a hot guy now that I might project a lot of like perfection onto of like, or I start getting in those, what ifs I dated him mm -hmm. if I'm having a bad day with Chris or whatever it is. I always see a little meter above their head now that is on zero for like emotional intelligence because I just haven't met someone to me that's willing to be as nimble and like doing uncomfortable things emotionally that Chris has and I was like for me your meter is on like nine like you've got but you you challenge yourself and like I just I I don't I don't let guys start out on like nines anymore they have to prove a nine to me they're all on zero and he was like there's something about that that really made me feel safe like because I'm sure yeah. there is a part of him that's like you're famous now you're gonna meet guys that are very shiny and like if we're having a bad day and you go on set with someone who's like fun and like flirtatious and like you've seen him before on paparazzi shots and he looks so cool and like maybe he played an emotionally evolved character, like you might give him a lot more than he deserves. And I'm like, no, I don't do that anymore. Like I, I have everyone starting at zero. You have to earn that to me. And he was like, that made me feel really good. And then the other night he had told me that like no matter what, I just know you're a good person. I always, and if anyone were to ever say you're a bitch, I would really, I think I've mentioned this before. It just, he goes, I would never let someone call you a bitch. I think a lot of times like people can say that women are bitches or like maybe in the past, I don't think he said this, but he could maybe think I was, a, or like maybe I was up to no good or like was out for myself. He was like, I know that you're a good person. And there was just something about that that made me feel the same way that dumb meter thing you I said to him. feel seen, yeah. I was just like, okay, if we're on that base level where you can, even though I make you mad and some days I can seem like a bitch, if you can get to the place of like, her bitchiness is coming not because she's inherently a bad person. It's something's, something's up that's making yeah. that happen. I can always be okay being myself or like that I have I have the freedom to be a bitch sometimes because you know I'm not one and that that day I'm it's Halloween you know and I'm dressing up as a bitch and there's just something very nice about having that do you is there anything that you've been given like that where you go oh I didn't know I needed to hear that compliment or I needed to hear Brenna say that is there anything that strikes you well what strikes me is the suggestion thing the idea that like I've done things where like someone will suggest something and I don't want to do it but I do it and then I take it out on they don't deserve the the anger or whatever, <laughs> but 
because I agreed to it. Yes. And so I've done that many times in my life where someone's like, hey, let's go do this. And I'm like, yeah, okay. instead of having like a, a not an argument or a disagreement about wanting to do it or like maybe I'll feel guilty because they'll be like, well, I thought it would be a good idea. Yep. And so then you just do it and then you're there at the thing and you're like, what the fuck and I never am I doing here? Anyway, you forced me to yes. do it because yes. I was trying to be nice and, I, and I'm and i scared that you're going to get mad at me if I'm not nice. All of that is still you. It's no still matter you. what if that person would get mad at you, like, okay, well then deal with that. Like well, stop that's trying to I'm, people please. Where I've gotten to or I'm trying to is like, even if I do put myself in that predicament that I don't want to be in, yeah. I go, it's not there. It's stop pointing. Just stop pointing and start. Like, Maybe just, learn a lesson of yeah. not saying yes too quickly to things. <sighs> yeah. Or being okay with when you get to something going like, I can, I, it's okay for me to not like this. Even if I thought I once was going to like it, it's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm like, here's the other crazy thing. What? You might really love it. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> and I mean, and it's, and it's, that's why Chris was talking know. about pickleball yesterday, and I just don't want to play pickleball because I'm I'm nervous about being unathletic around his family, who's athletic and like holds like that in high esteem. Like I I th- I have this fear that they're going to reject me as one of them if they see how unathletically inclined I am. So I'd rather just not be there, and and have them not even think of me as opposed to going and being like, oh, I don't need to play. Then they go, well, maybe she is bad. Well, at maybe this. we need like a montage where we go and play pickleball and. <laughs> And you get really good and you just show up. You're like. <laughs> it would be so funny to train. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm not kidding you. I think I might start taking pickleball yeah, lessons pickle and then Shh, show up one day. He doesn't watch my podcast. I know. I know. But This would be amazing. Please do not tell him. That is a good idea. And I think I'm going to do it as a surprise. Dude, you should. <gasps> Ooh, I love it. Okay, let's go to break and come back with all Fanthrax all day long. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet 
You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, we're back. Let's get to it. We were supposed to do an all Fanthrax show, but you guys know we get off on tangents. So the rest of the show will be all Fanthrax, but it's, you know, it's a regular size segment. Let's do it. You guys seriously need to look at the YouTube of this because I'm covering myself in all the the things I got just in fucking Aww. New Jersey this weekend. So many letters. This beautiful painting that a bestie made of her parrot. <laughs> yes. She has a cockatoo that has a shirt on that she made it a little like, you know, um, vest that says bestie on it. So her parrot, I forget the parrot's bestie, name. But bestie. Whatever. It says don't be good on the frame. It says the Nikki Glaser podcast. She did the logo that from the t-shirt, which besties have been wearing that t-shirt. The Nikki Laser Podcast t-shirts. They are so fucking cute. I love them. I love our merch. It says mascot because this, this uh, I forget. Oh, it's uh, Miss Marilyn Monroe is the name of the parrot. And I want to thank that bestie. I forget her name, but she was lovely. And we're going to hang this up. Um, you know, I got so many cards. Let me just pick one at random. Noah, can I read uh, a letter that one of our besties wrote to you? I suppose. To Noah. <laughs> it's 
There's a bracelet in it, a moonstone bracelet. It says, Dear Noah, and she got your name right, N-O-A, just in case besties want to know. Noah, you are one of the most genuinely kindest person I have ever people I've ever met. You are so soft-spoken and sometimes I wish I could be, but that's not for me. You have so many unique things about you and just that makes you one of the greatest and interesting, most interesting people I know. You've taught me to look at situations differently and to take different perspectives into account. I see this when you yes. chime in when Nikki and Andrew have a disagreement. You have such great ideas for the pod and are so creative and make the pod such a fun experience. Love your whiteboard, by the way. You do things and ask so politely and just show how great of, it just shows how great of a person you are. Reminds me to be more patient. Love Avi's voice in the Fanthrax segment, which is my favorite because hearing other besties' stories and connections makes me so happy for them that they also have a space in this podcast. I can't wait to meet you someday, but keep killing it. Jazzy. Love Edith. And she was at the Madison 9 p.m. show. So shout out to Edith. She wrote us all letters. Andrew got his. Um, mine That's I haven't so read sweet. yet. I'll read it on another one. But yes, Thank I you. feel that way about Noah. And I love that Noah, you know, sometimes gets zero airtime on episodes because we are just chatterboxes. But people still, like that letter, I almost, like, I cannot believe how how they get they get her so much that is the that is noah to a fucking t of being patient thoughtful flawed open about her flaws understanding working on herself like noah is dividing balls with her nose dividing balls with her nose admitting adorable (laughs) things her adorable voice someone who is just such a good friend was such a good friend to me the other night when i you know reached out to her about something that we we were going to talk about offline she shared this thing that she's going through with me and we were talking about it and sharing and it was just so, so nice to catch up in that way. And then, you know, it's so like Noah does, like she shares this thing that like should take up hours of our conversation and dissecting going through. And then I share a little something like just a little like, yeah, I've actually been feeling that way about this. And she's like, wait, what's going on with that? And then it turned, then we talked for so much longer about my dumb little thing. And it was just like, but it wasn't dumb. Noah it never makes dumb. me feel dumb about my problems. She never makes me feel like I'm not being a good friend to her, even though there are times where I go like, man, I haven't checked in in a while. All I do is work with her. You're just a really, uh, just a gem of a person and so good, damn good at your job, girl. Um, Thank and you. Adorable, you know, I love to hear that. You don't want to hear adorable. <laughs> yes. It's so, it's, uh, but I love that Edith saw you so completely in that. Let's get to, um, let's get to some of our uh, messages. Voice memos. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm going to start off with Nick from Germany. You guys yes. are going to love this. Hi, Andrew, Nikki, and Noah. I'm Nick, and I'm a bestie from Germany. And I wanted to tell you a mispronunciation and curse story today. A few weeks ago, a friend came back home from the U.S. where she lived the past year. And somehow it's very common that Germans who lived abroad sometimes pretend they don't know German words anymore. (laughs) So a few days ago, we watched Germany's Next Top Model. It's the German version of Next Top Model by Tyra Banks, if you know that show. It's very huge here in Germany. And they are all about diversity this year. Mm -hmm. So there are some petite, plus size or best agers, you know. And my friend said, as we watch, oh, I love that there is so much, mm, uh, I don't know the German word, variety this year. (laughs) I told her, first bitch, you are so (laughs) cur for pretending to not know your native language anymore. And second, you don't know the English word 
either. It's <laughs> variety. <laughs> so that's my little story. I hope you Nick. guys have all the swells. Love you guys. Love the pop. Love you. Just kidding. Oh my God. What the hell? That is that, that guy's a mad scientist. That guy went and recorded a "Just Kidding" from the podcast to reuse it on. I mean, that Nick standing ovation for that. Thank you so much. First of all, I want to watch Germany's Next Top Model because that show is not big in the U.S. anymore, like it used to be. But man, when that show was like popular, Pop, it was yeah. so fun was to watch. Obsessed. So it'd be kind of cool to watch a country that really is obsessed with that show still and like puts that much effort into it and cares that much. It might be a good watch. Um, that reminds me so much of the Ilaria Baldwin thing of when she's on the Today Show and she goes, how you say a cucumber? Like during the segment yeah. because she speaks Spanish so much. I will say that there, who told me that when you do speak, maybe I sometimes, the way that you besties say that sometimes you say, my friend Nikki and people are like, who's your friend Nikki? And you're like, oh, I'm not really friends, which is a podcast. It's how I feel <laughs> about Reddit sometimes where I'm like, did a friend tell me this or just these people being so open? Um, someone said in a Reddit defending her, I think it was that, that when you speak another language sometimes so much, you do forget the English word. I think your friend was trying to be curt, but I want to give the benefit of the doubt that sometimes you just, you can't make that translation. And I almost give Ilaria that benefit of the doubt. Maybe she did forget how you say cucumber. Um, I also, I, but also I, how I, do you say is probably how you would say if you're a native English speaker, you wouldn't say how you say cucumber. You know, like I also I mean, think like that's suspicious to do the English like a foreigner. I'm thinking about how many times I've said variety, and it's really only with like cereal or potato chips or like, a show in or the 1970s. Yeah, like it's not a word I say a lot, so I give her the benefit of the doubt because that is not a word that I. Right, but so I don't like know if I your, forget it, but necessarily but even diversity. Like he's saying, like she could have picked any yes German word that is like has a lot of different cultures or like has a lot of different ethnicity whatever it was she could have she i have a feeling nick knows this friend better than we do and yes. this friend is capable of ke, which does not make them a bad person i'm wondering nick if you actually did say ke, and if she goes what does that mean and you tried to explain it because a lot of times when you call out ke, it's such an insult once you really explain it to someone like I think you're trying to be cool right now that it's hard to like actually curse someone mm -hmm. who you have to then explain what curb means. It's easy to cur a revving engine because you just go cur and the person's kind of like that sounded shitty, but I don't know what it means. Um, Maybe you just thought it, but I want to know if you really did cur your friend and what the, I also want to hear cur in Germany or German in Germany In Germany. Jesus um, variety. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Here's one from Ida. Hey, besties. Hope you're having a good day and having all the swells everybody else as well. I was just listening to the Mullet House episode <laughs> and the conversation of the fact that uh, the word pussy and the word pussy sound yes. the same or similar, I should say, um, is kind of funny. So I actually have a story. Um, I was working at a hotel and I had a very bad... Uh, I think it was like a cut on my finger, something like that. And my manager was standing next to me. Uh, and I'm a little bit of an odd duck. I'll kind of just randomly shout things out loud. Um, Wait, what? But I, you know, saw that my finger was uh, pussy. And I say out loud, my finger is so pussy. And my manager just looked at me 
laughed and walked away. Um, so that was pretty funny. Uh, hope you guys are having a good day. Love you all. Bye. It's all. It's so funny, Ida, because almost if you were to say my cut looks like a pussy, it would be less disgusting than saying pussy because pus is such a gross word on its own. Disgusting. It's almost worse than pussy. I love you that you call yourself an odd duck. I think that's a very gentle, sweet way to describe like what, you know, sometimes I go, I'm a weirdo. Sorry, I'm just weird. And it's like really derogatory. And like, I always feel like an odd duck too with some of the things, anxieties I have, some of the weird things. I'm just like, yeah. I just don't like that. And I'm I'm just weird. Sorry, I'm just stupid. I just don't like it. And it's a gentler way to be like, I'm ah, just an odd duck because ducks are so cute. I love that. And I want to know what other things you scream out loud sometimes. Um, but I do, and I also want to know if you followed, if your manager, if you ever went back to your manager to be like, I was talking about this cut on my hand and it looks like, like, I wonder if it looked like a pussy too. Cause a lot of times pussies do look like wounds. I mean, I think, yeah, I'd, uh, I'm trying to think of other like words that we could use maybe for when you feel, you know, different autistic. No, like a nice. Like, no, well, I, no, autistic a, is actually makes me feel nice because it's like it's not my fault. An odd duck. Uh, what's another oh, example? Man. There of was a great Reddit I was reading. Um, maybe I can just pull it up real quick. Sorry, no. You are spending a lot of time on Reddit. I go a every single cannon. night. This is like this is the I'm eighth Reddit cannon. reference. It's where I get everything. I don't understand what people do if they're not on Reddit. It's it's the cutest, most fun stuff. Oh, there was okay. Let me just pull this up because this was so. Oh, What's your favorite euphemism? This is different, but it says, what's your favorite euphemism for a dumb person? And this is another way of like, you know, just like funny phrases. I could give them a penny for their thoughts and I'd ask and I'd get, I could give them a penny for their thoughts and I'd get change back. Someone said a beautiful lamp, but it sure isn't shining much. My great grandmother used to say that. He's got two brain cells left and they're fighting for third place. (laughs) The wheel is spinning, but the hamster's dead. That made me, Ah. I love that. They sound like Dr. Philisms. You're the reason we now listen. You're the reason we have warning labels. Um, they have. Um, they must have put your swing too close to a wall as a kid. You're lo- oh, this one's good, uh, honey. You're less useful than a chocolate teapot. <laughs> than a chocolate? Oh, because it will melt. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. Um, all right, let me just read this one really quickly. I just opened this randomly. This is from a bestie, I think, in Montclair, New Jersey. From a bestie, it says. She printed this up. It looks like a newsletter. There's pictures of us on it. That reminds. Aww. That looks like like a like my synagogue's newsletter. Yes, it does look like that. It's from Bre- Bestie Kristen um, on Instagram. She's fly underscore yellow underscore bird underscore fly fly yellow bird fly. Hi Nikki, congratulations on your well deserved su- success. And it is so jackpot that someone like you with a such such a great pot, grand platform chooses to be a voice for all animals. Your message for kindness and respect to animals is reaching so many. Oh, this I remember meeting her. She gave me vegan shirts too. And your enlightenment is undoubtedly helping animals in some way across the world. God bless folks like you, Ricky Gervais, and Alicia Silverstone. Hell fucking yes. I I didn't realize this was going to be like such a um like I'm not choosing this because I'm like, guys, look how sweet I am. It is pure enjoyment to throw on my AirPods and spend an hour with no Drookie and other besties while I am going through my day. Thank you for this. Podcast listeners benefit from your encouragement to dare, share, and bear our feelings. I love Ooh. dare, share, bear. What a... Oh. Co- that's got to be a segment name. That dare, is bear. good. 
with which fosters healthy relationships of our own. And in between sweet belly laughs, you're, you instill beliefs in those still striving to re reach a goal and confidence in those contemplating a change. What's more, you often suggest tools to deal with guilt and temptation and resources for those wanting to incorporate better health and wellness into everyday life. You all absolutely rock. Thanks again for all you do. Also, just to share, sorry, Andrew, Nikki, please... Please, careful with that cute baby talk voice. Sometimes it seems like you're going to send Andrew into outer space, like the sound is a feather to his taint or something. What does that mean? I think, when I talk like this? Yeah, apparently I'm turned on by it. Oh, um, oh, and then she signs off. Oh, she said she saw us at the Wellmont Theater in New Jersey, which was the most bestie attended event I've ever done. And uh, she signed off. Just don't eat animals. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, uh, bestie Kristen. Um, and she put little pictures of us. It was so nice. I don't even know where you get pink paper. That's like such I a don't remember doing um, baby voices or you responding weird. That must have been one yeah. episode that I just can't remember. And I came a lot. I yeah. do remember that yeah. episode. It was a lot of come. Yeah, it was like a, a Shakespearean musical. But that was more what was going on, on with me. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't about me. But it was daring the baby voice daring. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, still wasn't you. It's was more. I don't even like. Oh, you know what? It's probably on the day where I was doing this, oh. like the um, oh. talking about Elizabeth Holmes. Oh. If I was pitching like this, or I was yeah. like, I have an idea for a blood machine. Oh. It's that episode. Oh. Um, let's do another Fanthrax. Okay, you want to give some advice? I'd love to give advice. All right, here's a voicemail from Michelle. Hey, Nikki, Andrew, and Noah. This is Michelle. I was listening to the podcast where you were talking about um, narcissists and uh, alcoholics and how you have to stop being friends with them. And I have a situation where my childhood friend um, really only talks about herself anytime we get together. But I was wondering how how would you recommend ending that relationship? Is it something that you just kind of slowly let fizzle out and stop reaching out to that person? Or is it something where you would have a conversation with them? Or what, what has been your experience with ending those types of relationships? And any advice you have would be great. Thanks. Bye. I'll let you take this one first. I mean, for me, I think it depends if she changes what you want to have a friendship. I think you have to have a conversation with her first. If you want to possibly keep it going, explain like how she makes you feel, how she doesn't ask you questions, how she just talks about herself. And then if she goes, well, you know what? That's who I am. Or, or she goes, no, I don't. And does and dismisses your feelings. Or cuts you off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you're right. But I also, part of me goes, she... I, I hear the tone of her voice. That she's done. She's done. And and you know, these people, it's almost like maybe you haven't been forthright with them about what you're feeling, but you've given them the tests of like, let's just see if they ever ask about me in this yeah. entire hangout. And you've given, and you, you can see, you can be friends with them long enough that you know that there's something that is unfixable about this or that they don't, or maybe they don't take accountability for other things in their life. Every breakup they've ever had is the guy's fault, whatever it is. And you just know it's not, this is non-negotiable or it probably is. And maybe you just don't even want to be friends with this person anymore. Which, by the way, you're allowed to not want to be friends with someone. Yeah. You are allowed to not want to be, know a cousin anymore just because they're your cousin or, or cut things off with a brother or something. 
you are allowed to do those things if they aren't serving you anymore. And I think people feel so bad because they're like, well, I've known her since child. Our parents are friends. I have to. She doesn't have anyone else. She needs to learn that if she continues this, she's not going to have anyone else. You don't need to be the one thing that's getting her to go, well, at least I have her. I don't have to change. That's actually enabling. I said this before, possibly, but the best way a friend has cut it off with me is to say, babe, I'm going, you can, you can, because this person probably is not going to ever accept any blame for themselves and they're just going to spin it anyway. And it is a you thing ultimately. Because you are being friends with someone, you've been friends with someone that for a long time has not been giving you what you need, mm -hmm. which is a you problem. Um, as much as you could probably understand that. Uh, what's the girl's name that wrote us, Megan? Michelle. Michelle. Michelle, I feel like just say the next person, the time this person writes you, hey, babe, I'm just going through a lot right now in my life and I, I just need some space. It has nothing to do with you because honestly, it probably, it doesn't. What it has to do with is that you have boundaries now and this person isn't li li living up to them. So, and if you make it about them, they're going to get defensive. They're going to come at you and try to change. They're going to like keep going. You set a boundary of, babe, I need some space. Um, and I just don't think I'm going to be able to hang out for a really long, for a bit. And I'll let you know when I'm ready to again. That way... If they keep reaching out to you, it's done. Now, maybe yeah. this person and you share friends and you're like, now I got to cut out all those people. No, you don't. You're allowed to cut out people in your life. You're allowed to. And it might be awkward. It is a hard thing to do. Saying the word babe or whatever kind of loving thing you can say, doing it in a loving way, taking accountability for that this is your decision. There's nothing they could have done or do. But if you want to r repair this, I think writing an email preparing like writing a letter and getting it getting it all out where you won't get interrupted like I did to Andrew when I told him to answer this for me um and he didn't do a good enough job in my mind so I started no that wasn't why at all maybe um no I think you had a good point but I just saw like no but I think I don't want her to have to work it out sometimes I'm just like don't try to work this that out that just happened to me by I know, the way but I just feel like it that's did? that's I feel like that happens mm -hmm. all the time where then the person doesn't learn they just go Oh well, all right. They just didn't want to hang out with me. I guess nothing's really wrong with but it's me. Not, but you have why to is it hear your it job sometimes. To teach it's not. Them. It's not. It's not your job. But I'm just saying that it if, happens okay, a lot. Okay, well, here's the thing. If the person and people goes, don't learn. is it something I did? Then you can say yes, and okay. you can be honest. But wait for them to be curious if it's something they can change. Because someone who is like, that's what you know. What intervention? All those shows about people are saying we are not going to have you in our life anymore if you keep using this drug. If you keep hurting yourself, like. I'm out. I you need to pull your love for people to change because once they're t once that tent pole comes out, they are a, f a tarp on the ground, and they have to figure out there's some. I don't have that support anymore. My point though is that with an intervention, right? There's something concrete. Like you're taking this drug. We know it's the drug. This is it, right? But if it's someone that just talks about themselves and doesn't ask about, they they probably don't really even. They might not even be aware. Well, that's a good. That's point. all. So maybe a letter just so you can say it all without getting sidetracked by them responding and saying everything you want to say in a very loving way of like, you know, sometimes I go, I need a lot more in friendships than maybe most people do. And I require people to be interested in my life, which I have not felt for some reason I haven't felt for yeah. me. Maybe you are interested in my life and, I, and I'm not interpreting it that way, but there's something wrong here and it doesn't feel good to hang out with you. And I don't want to fake it with you. 
and maybe it's all me. Maybe I have to work on myself. Maybe we aren't just meant to be friends right now. Always lead with like love and not a lot of blame, Mm -hmm. but stating the facts of like, I feel like you don't care about my life and I don't want to be friends with people who don't care about my life because for me, my friendships, I care about my friends' lives. So when you don't care about mine, it's totally fine that you don't, but it means it, I interpret that as you don't, you're not a good friend to me. And so just, you know, speaking from you as opposed to speaking from I and not so much you. Yeah, would be helpful, Michelle, and I, I hope it works out. And I know that's so tough, especially if you have friends in common or like places of hanging out in common. You might see them. And around. I've done that, dude. I've ghosted friends before, just over the things that could have been rectified through a conversation. I just said this to Chris. It's so hard though, but I've seen people change after a conversation where you're like, "Oh." Well, I just said to Chris the other day when you when I say something that kind of makes you go, "I didn't like that." Instead of, um, like, what I do a lot of times, instead of just going, okay. Like, like yes, I, that's I've, how I I've, do it. I don't like, say okay, but, like, he was like, I don't say okay. And I'm like, well, whatever that is for you where you hear something and you're just like, I'm just going to ignore that she said that because it's so upsetting. Will you try your best to just clear up whatever's going through in your head? And he's like, well, sometimes that's, I'm just not even aware of it. And I go, well, you know what I can do? When I, he- when I feel you maybe shutting down, because I can feel it immediately if I bring up something and I'm like, wait, what did I say wrong? He, d- he just dropped the subject. I can then go, I'm feeling like you didn't like what I just said. Can I ask you if that rubbed you the wrong way and what? So we can help each other In get real honest. time too. In real time, as opposed to just going, they're mad at me and then creating the story about why they're mad and they're so insensitive and all this stuff when really it was just like, a misunderstanding and honestly trying to avoid a fight. When really, when you try to avoid fights, you make such a bigger one down the road. Final thought. I'm Noah, sure this for us. Oh, so, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Noah, you said that this just recently happened to you. I had, yeah, very quickly, because you have an interview. A friend broke up with me over email. Mm. I didn't, like, it, and it I wasn't was because I did anything wrong, yeah. except um, that I remained that my friends. Hotmail account. <laughs> Wait, Wait, so it was over you? email? It was, Wait, yeah, wh- she, what was her reasoning? So the reason was um, she is going through a divorce with another friend that I'm friends with, her hus- her mm-hmm. ex-husband, I guess. And uh, I'm still friends with him, and I was still friends with her. But in her message, she said, right now in my life, I can't be friends with anyone who supports this person. And, you know, I, I respect her decision. I'm not mad at her. I understand this is a life-turning event for her, and... Whatever her brain is telling her is not anything against me. It's just what she has to do. So I think you're right about um, just being honest in an email. And it was it was not emotional. It was just kind of sterile and just very direct. And I'm I'm appreciate. You know, I think it's it was actually very big of her to confront me with it and and, and to just be honest instead of just kind of ghosting and like not inviting you, which is what I was not getting back. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And you know what? That actually leaves space for the future of being like, hey, this thing that I before is no longer the case. Like when you get really honest, even though it might hurt to hear, like you can't help your feelings. She can't help that she is just I can't help that I did not want to be friends after I found out one of my friends voted for Trump in the 2016 election. I I was so hurt by it. And she had claimed that she she voted for him. Because a really longtime friend that I had, you know, wasn't close with anymore, but a high school friend. I was so deeply disturbed that my friend who I like 
who's a woman who has daughters voted for Trump. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I said, I can't, I cannot be friends with you. And all of my other friends were like, really? You're pulling out of this front, like our group chat because of this. And I'm like, I'm too angry about it. It honestly does nothing to do with her. It has to do with me and figuring out why I can't get over how someone has a different opinion about something to me. But to Mm -hmm. me, that was like being friends with my ex-husband and picking the the side that I think is nothing but pure evil based on how emotionally invested I am in this thing going on. If you choose his side, I can't. And I am just now reconnecting. I mean, we always stayed friends. I would always write her on her birthday. We'd write each other like little inside jokes, but the day-to-day stuff that we used to be doing, it, it disappeared. And I, I, there's a, I was like a, I was just in a bad place and there's in some ways I stand by it. Some ways I'm still fucking angry about it. Cause I just don't understand how her logic would be. Every man in my life voted for Trump. How am I not going to do that to me? That was like, um, cause you have a brain of your own. And when you get in the voting booth, your husband's not monitoring you. Just tell him you voted for Trump and then don't do it. Like do what's right for your daughter inside the booth, bitch. But maybe what's right for her daughter is having lower taxes or whatever her husband had convinced her was better than, you know, protecting your right to a, uh, an abortion, a safe abortion, whatever in, you know, for me were the issues in 2016 that were on the line in voting for him. And I don't know the whole story and I don't know her experience, but we've just started talking again and I don't talk about politics, obviously. That's just, we don't talk about Bruno. And yeah. It's still hard for me, though. It's still there's a part of me that really is like so angry and feels betrayed. And um, yeah, it's like but, you know, I've had friends take breaks from me, too, for whatever reason. And I feel like so angry because I'm like, she doesn't understand. Like, I wasn't doing that because of just like my friend was like, I didn't do it because I I don't care about abortion rights. I did it because I just want to get along with the men in my family which I don't understand. I don't, I, my, my, the men in my family, my, their love isn't contingent on me voting the way they vote. But I, what, I don't know what it's like to be in a family like that. So it was a struggle, but I like people asking for advice. Yeah. Even I hope that it helped her and that, I don't know. I hope that people get stuff out of it, you know, like it'd be funny if she was just like, Five years later, they're like, no, I'm still going through it. I'm still best friends with this girl who hasn't asked me one question yet. I got to say, Michelle, every fucking person I know has one person like or one or two people like this in their life that they are just friends with out of just being nice and going with what they did before following doing what your family does. Oh, they're friends with my family. Oh, they're my they are my family. I got to just put up with it like you don't. And people only get better if you set boundaries for yourself. They learn how to have boundaries for themselves and they learn they learn that their actions have consequences as opposed to like you're not doing anyone any favors by faking like putting up with them unless they're your boss and like you know you're just trying to fucking get a paycheck. Look, right, Andrew? It pays rent, baby. It gets, <laughs> gets that new watch. You better agree with me. Uh, a all rap. right. Okay, here we go. Oh yeah, rap. Yo, sometimes I fucking feel like a hedgehog. I'm running through the smog. All I want to do is jump like a frog. But I get held down by this fucking girl over here who shits like a log. But, dude, I'm just fucking around. It's just a song. Uh, And sometimes I feel like a llama. You know, I get mad at your mama. And sometimes I want to vote for Obama, but he's not on the ticket. So you got to just hit it. And then a friend votes for Trump and you might have to quit it. 
But the point of this all is that Quidditch is a game that was in Harry Potter. And I know that sounds lame, but I gotta go because I gotta get on a call. I'm talking about a dance that I don't want to do at all. Am I gonna bomb it? Probably. But let's just see on NBC 2023. All right, guys, don't be cut. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the pod on Monday. And Jackie Joke Man. Jackie the Joke Man? Marling? (laughs) Stern? Baba Booey? Hit him with the hind. Bye, guys. Beetlejuice. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.